jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got her the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Hey everyone welcome to episode 154 Dynasty underdog I'm your host Uri Dawkins with me tonight Billy Beeman What's up? Not much, man. Excited to we got a fun episode. Get to teach people how to how to educate their league mates and and some fun stuff like that. So that that's some stuff we don't always talk about. Uh, popped up in the Discord, so that that'll be fun. Yeah, shout out to the Discord. They uh, gave us uh, you know basically half this episode for the most part. So let's get after it. Let's hop into some news and nonsense. Breaking news today: uh, Addison Jordan Addison was mm-hmm. cited for driving 140 miles per hour in his uh, sweet Lambo. Now, reports are that he wasn't drunk or anything, but this is, uh, you don't want to see this from your rookies. No, not at all. Yeah, like, like I said, I think both in, in the Dynasty Underdog Discord and the DFF one, I'm like, I don't, I don't think he's going to miss any time. So if for some reason you're going to get like a, a slight discount, then sure, you know, take your shot, I guess. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a nothing burger in terms of like, actual you know actionable anything because i don't think anything's going to really happen but yeah you got to keep your eye on jordan addison because that's just poor decision making right that that just goes to his decision making and and for a young guy like that rookie you just don't want to see it like the most interesting part about the whole thing was the way that twitter reacted because the uh, it was just some kind of like a beat reporter no blue check mark or anything like that he had said it and it got tweeted by a bigger account and everyone was like hopped in his mentions like where's your source bro where's your source and like just went after him right like they didn't think it's true and it was a couple hours later like two hours later it came out you know that it was true your, and your, then... your, your favorite rookie couldn't have done anything wrong no way. <laughs> yeah yeah no way. people just want to be first like source bro trust me man it's like uh, give him a give him a shot you never know sometimes the little guys have the info right so yeah and yeah just on jordan addison it's kind of crazy because you know he was going that fast henry ruggs was going to similar speed yeah. Only difference was he didn't, you know, Jordan Addison didn't hit anybody. So, yeah, that you just got to be really careful with that whole situation. And again, I'm not saying I wouldn't sell him. I wouldn't, and that has nothing to do with his dynasty value. There's nothing actionable there, but it's just more as, as a, a, a player of dynasty, you got to keep your eye on that kind of stuff and make sure that he's not doing other, even if minor off the field stuff, that becomes a trend, right? Because those yep. things, that's definitely possible. You just want to keep an eye on that. Absolutely. All right, next one. Finally, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. The watch is over, and he went to, like, in my opinion, one of the worst places he could have <laughs> possibly gone, and he went to Tennessee. I, I feel a lot better if Tannehill's a quarterback. Uh, sure. Which I, I think is the plan, but um, I would have liked to have seen him go somewhere, I don't know, with a more prolific offense, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd rather see him in Buffalo or KC or, or maybe even the Patriots because it's more traditional, but – not even more traditional, but it's more, they, there's probably going to be some, there would be more pass attempts for DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins specifically. In this offense, you have King Henry. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's great, but he's no, he's no Derrick Henry. So no. yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I was kind of looking at this and I, I don't think I've done the projections on them yet, but I wouldn't have gotten this in there even if I did. One way or another, I think that it's possible for both DeAndre Hopkins and and uh, Traylon Burks to have 20% target shares. It, you know, obviously you're thinking D hop probably closer to 25. I sure. think that, I think that Burks can still, if he's who we think he is maintain around a 20% now with the past attempts in this offense, that still may not be much, but I, I think it could be better than we're kind of thinking if, if the offense gets right. I mean, just a couple of years ago, we saw, you know, with Corey Davis and, and AJ Brown, with yeah. Tannehill, like if Tannehill's healthy all year, he could put it together, you know, especially if, if they get right and D hops, D hop, like it, it could be a little bit better than we're thinking. It might not be great. Obviously it's not going to be what, what we want, but especially for dynasty, I'm not like, I would take this as an opportunity to buy, buy Traylon Burks. If you believe in him, the talent should, 
like he shouldn't it, it, him succeeding is not going to be dependent on whether D hop was there or not there in mm-hmm. my opinion. Right. And long-term we don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be DeAndre Hopkins for another three years. Right. He's probably for another year, two years, maybe at most. And then probably not even with the team anymore. So you hope Burks takes over. That's the idea, at least in my mind, that's kind of, kind of how I see the whole situation. How do you feel about DeAndre Hopkins though? In the whole time? Uh, you know, we've talked about him quite a bit ever since he left Arizona and the low-hanging fruit is to go ahead and compare uh, Julio. We talked about Julio Jones, right, and how he was doing it. Oh, and doing last it week. Went to another team, <laughs> yeah. and he happened to go to the Titans, and didn't do a damn thing. So hopefully, D Hop is <laughs> not Julio. But it's really easy to draw those comparisons because we just did it last week, and look where he ended up. So, uh, yeah, I just yeah. you know I I hope Tannehill is healthy for a full 16, 17 games, and then I'm not that worried about it. But I just would have liked to go somewhere where I think there's more targets. I just don't think there's that many more targets in that offense because, well, King Henry. If you had DeAndre Hopkins, what would you sell him for right now? Like top of the market, if if you had your choice, you know, if you were putting on the trade bait, what what are you putting on trade bait? If you're gonna you're gonna auto accept, uh, high second for mm-hmm. Hopkins. Wow, yeah, interesting. I, I wonder if you could. I wonder if you could sell him for a first because that's obviously any first, late first contend the the you know the best contender that that has like an open flex spot target that guy and try to get his first probably is the move you might be able to do that yeah i think he's probably because of the landing spot and how fickle we are he might be cheaper now than he was last week possibly yeah i don't know yeah i i think i think i'd buy him for a second if i was a a contender with with an open you know an open hole i think he could definitely fill that spot i'd be betting on that so i think i'd spend a second Cool. So when Saquon and Jacobs, no new contract, I guess kind of assume that they're both probably not going to participate in team activities. We talked about this last week, but now it's real, real. Uh, any thoughts that we didn't cover last week? Just Are you I interested s- in any of these guys' backups? I like Zemir White a little bit just because there's not really much else behind uh, behind Josh Jacobs in in Vegas there, but I, I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about well, what's his name. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to grab his name. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, why, why can't I think of his first name? But the backup to Barkley. I mean, there's nobody there either. Air is it Eric Gray? Eric Gray? Yeah, something like that. I think so. So you know, those two guys. Like, I just think I like Zemir yeah, White better because he's a sec. I, I just mm-hmm. like Zemir White better. He's a second year player. He's just kind of a bigger body, like just more of a traditional back. I think that they would kind of use if Jacobs wasn't there. That said, you know how it goes with the backups that that you know aren't super quality. They'll probably just have a committee. So I'm not super excited about either of them. I think Jacob Jacobs probably has the better chance of just playing. Barkley is talking up a real big game, so yeah, yeah I, I, he he seems like he might take take a seat if they don't pay him. <sighs> Wouldn't be very smart of him, but yeah. It no, happen. it wouldn't, but he could still do it. Like it wasn't smart of Melvin Gordon to do it, you know, five years ago or whenever he did that and he did it anyway. Uh, so it could always happen. All right. Uh, another one, uh, Kendra Miller rookie mm. for the saints is on pup. Now with the new rules, he could be on pup during this time of year. He could come off at any time. As long as he's mm-hmm. not on pup at the start of week one, you know, tomorrow he could be off, but are you concerned all out? All I think it is this is another smash uh, situation for Jamal Williams, but yeah, and and if Alvin Kamara escapes his suspension or or a long one at that, then yeah, I think for both of those guys, it just it, you know it turns into kind of what we've seen before with Kamara and Mark Ingram type style backfield. But I think that's what they want to do anyway. If if Kendra Miller fits one of those those molds, that said, I don't really think he's that guy. And also, if he's going to come in kind of, you know, injured through training camp and, and not able to kind of get, you know, a leg up. He's going to, he's going to come in behind, you, you know what that does for rookies. So it, that could be terrible for him. He really needs to get on the field and get in there and start putting some work in, honestly, like that just yeah. with, with the talent that's in the backfield, not that they're like young or anything, obviously he's super young and could take over, but with the rookies, man, you want to see him get going early. So yeah. Man. We see it way more often, especially with guys who aren't like <clears throat> higher drafted. If they don't, if they're not 100% healthy to start week one, like very rarely are we seeing uh, good fantasy producers down the road. I mean, 
like Rashad Bateman's one. Like I, I know you never were really high on him, but I was very, very high on him. But he came in injured and uh, just hasn't done anything. So I, I just think, you know, I don't think that he's – it's very unlikely that he's on the pup list start week one or, or whatever it is. So he, I don't think he's going to miss time like that. But behind the eight ball, if you're not out there in training camp and everything, he's not going to get as much playing time early in the season. Obviously. Good point. Oh, next one. Brees Hall. Brees Hall's on pup. Kind of not surprised. Just, you know, uh, taking it easy. I know that Robert Sala said in an interview that their GPS tracked him doing 23 miles an hour, which is wow. scooting. I, I, he probably wasn't in pads or anything, but uh, that's scooting. But apparently, you know, uh, he's still not quite ready to take on contact and things like that, which I guess is probably just smart for the team to do that. But are you concerned at all? No, this is this is expected, right? Like he's I coming so. off a, a major injury. They're going to be super cautious cautious with him, and as they should be. So, yeah, not worried about this at all. I do have a quick segue, just <laughs> yeah. detour, real quick detour. That's what we do here. Yeah, of course. Talking still about Brees Hall, but I, I think I was having this conversation with Paul on, on the factory tour uh, two weeks ago when I was on with him. And I, I think we were actually before we started recording. It was a fun conversation. We were talking about Scott Fishbowl. And I was talking about taking Jameer Gibbs over Brees Hall this year, right? And he was like, don't you think that like Brees Hall has more upside? If not this – and I'm just like – so. I'm just wondering your thoughts on this, like with the injury, everything like, you know, he's going to be put on pup early and he's going to play week one, most likely. Like, do you think Brees Hall has more upside still than, than a junior <clears throat> Gibbs even this year? Uh, probably, probably not this year. I really expect Brees Hall to start slow. That's just kind of what happens. Even if he's, even if he's good to go, he's probably not going to be a hundred percent. And that's just, that's just normal, right? Uh, Jameer doesn't really have that. I think they have a plan for Jameer. And I just, I prefer the 100% healthy running back to start the year off. Like if it takes six weeks for Brees to get to 100%, then yeah, I think I just, I just want Gibbs there. I want a guy who's yeah. going to be healthy, scoring me points every week, you know, to get there. It, it might be nice to have like a resurgence of Bryce, uh, or Brees, you know, later in the season, like at the back end of the season, they push you into the playoffs and get you a good, uh, good playoff run. But you still got to score points to get there, and I think that Jameer Gibbs is going to get you there. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think they're both great, and they're both going to provide similar, uh, you know, similar points per game when when they're playing. <clears throat> and maybe yeah. Brees Hall, you know, fully healthy Brees Hall probably does have more upside given that he's gonna he's gonna be more of a workhorse in terms of of rush attempts, right? But if we look at Jameer Gibbs and say, you know, he's going to have 120 ish, maybe somewhere between that and 150 rush attempts, and he's going to catch 60 balls and he's an efficient player, then he's going to be every bit, of, every bit the player you want and, and may have more upside on a weekly basis, just kind of, you know, with the, with the boom games that he can give you. Um, not that Brees can't, but just coming back, I don't think he's going to have that explosiveness this year. And I thought it was just an interesting conversation because clearly some people think, that Brees is just going to come back and smash. And, and I'm, I just, I guess maybe this is me with the risk averse behavior, not believing, you know, that that can happen, not wanting to put my eggs in that basket, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I see, I feel like time and time again, and, and yeah, I guess with the, with the Uber elite talents, like Adrian Peterson, you see them come back, but time and time again, I feel like, you know, you see these guys come back and it takes, takes a couple weeks to get going. All right, last one here is from, from the Discord. A uh, buddy from Safe League Scarbo came <clears> over, joined our Discord. He joined uh, TU3. Goes by textbook in the Discord, which is a cool name. But he had a general question, <clears> doing a rookie draft. But you're still going on. That's kind of cool. <clears throat> he said, I thought I had a plan, but no. But now overthinking, I have picks one, two, and five for the situation. I was originally going to take Bijan and Richardson. It is super flex. My quarterbacks are Lawrence, Fields, and Ritter. Now I'm wondering if it's smarter to take Bijan and Gibbs than the remaining quarterback out of the three at pick five. Or would you stand and take Bijan and Richardson then maybe Gibbs falls to five? Good question. Yeah, this was a good question. And I think like I was I think I was late a little bit late to the conversation or I let everybody kind of say their piece. Um but I, I'm pretty sure what I ended up saying was, you know, 
I just think you should kind of go for the quarterback in this situation, right? You shouldn't avoid the quarterback because you have positional a positional need, right? If if Anthony Richardson hits and and already I think he was kind of you know believing he was swaying going maybe Anthony Richardson. So you have some belief in him at all. If you have some belief in belief in him at all, like any of these players, you want that immense upside that he offers, right? So I think that you know you draft him and post draft with the hype you're already seeing, like I just saw something come out yesterday saying how, you know, the coaches just are talking about he how, how accurate he is, how, how great of an army has deep, how his head's on right and he's working hard and the whole nine, you know, you keep seeing that and that snowballs over the, the off season. You're going to have a really, really valuable asset that you could probably trade for one of those running backs plus, or a different running back plus, you know, something that is, that is, you know, much, much more, you can get a lot more value than you could have in the rookie draft by just taking Jameer Gibbs and, and Bijan. So um, I think the fact that he has options there, it, it kind of makes you think almost, it's like, it's like the American problem. You have too many options, right? It kinda, <laughs> it's problem. like, it's like, you, you don't want, you know, it's, it's almost like you just want to like, if you had one pick, you just, you would do Anthony Richardson. So that, I think he ended up going Anthony Richardson, but I, for me in Superflex, I think you probably would say something similar is you really don't want to avoid that those top tier potential elite quarterbacks i agree with everything you said there one thing that stood out was like okay what if you only had the 102 Mm -hmm. you're gonna take anthony richardson there just because right so the only reason you have the question is because you have that five too and you're just wondering and you might get lucky gibbs might follow the five i doubt it uh yeah go ahead and take the the quarterback who has a ton of upside i still am not a true believer but he has a ton of upside if he hits at all it's a smash that dude is going to just vault in value in an insane amount so uh i would have done the exact same thing i would have went Bijan, anthony richardson at two and then see what happens with my fifth pick maybe even with the fifth pick trade back from five to like seven and grab a pick up something extra and grab a uh, wide receiver you're loading up on a rookie running back rookie quarterback rookie wide receiver that's a good way to kind of keep your roster fresh yeah balance it out and also it's just, you know, you, you you can buy running. We talk about this. You can buy running backs almost at any time. May as well wait towards the beginning of the season when you're really sure about kind of the roles and responsibilities and what, what you're kind of going after and what you're getting in return, right? So you keep you keep hearing about Tank Bigsby this whole time and you buy Travis Etienne right now, you might not be that happy come, come you know, start a training camp or, or you know, week one. So you may as well just kind of wait as long as you can as a, as a running back buyer at least in the offseason. Yeah. You know, one thing we didn't talk about, just because you're a Patriot, I want to talk about it. So let's talk about mm. uh, Leonard Fournette's backup, Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, does this say anything about any of the running backs that are on the team or they're just doing their due diligence? No, no. I think it's more that, you know, Ramondre Stevenson down the stretch last year was was really beat up and banged up and he couldn't, he just couldn't do it. And that doesn't mean he's not a workhorse. That That means that he pretty much was the entire offense. Like if you look at the volume he received, you know, both in, both in the passing game and in the rushing game, he was everything to the team, which, which isn't sustainable. So I think Leonard Fournette would be a really good, a a really good backup option to go in there on, you know, off downs after Ramondre has gone through, you know, five, six straight plays. You want to throw in Leonard Fournette. He can handle pass down work. He can definitely block. You know, he can he can do whatever he really whatever you really want him to do. He can handle short yard situations. And if he's not going to be a workhorse a lion share kind of guy, then he probably can stay healthy. So I think the idea would be you get in there. It would be a Damian Harris, but one that plays more of a role that Ramondre plays, which kind of sucks because I've heard people say that they would kind of not play. I think they do play similar roles, in my opinion, though, you know, obviously they're bringing him in to keep Ramondre fresh for the the high value opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So one way or another, like, I don't, I, I'm not so worried about Ramondre necessarily. I am absolutely worried if they bring him in about my Pierre strong shares and, yeah. and all that stuff. Cause I, you know, and I've heard people say, well, those are different roles too. No, they're not. Absolutely not. Like that's, they bring him in there because they don't trust those other guys and they need a guy, a veteran to handle the majority of whatever backup opportunities there are. So, you know, I said a lot there. You'd take what you want from it. <laughs> cool. All right. So this is also from the Discord. How do you educate your league mates who can't grasp dynasty value? Now, I think this is a question mm-hmm. 
because you, you it all stems from getting really uh imbalanced offers in your inbox from uh, other league mates mm-hmm. and it's not like if you know it's a guy who's been playing dynasty mm-hmm. for a few years like that's just one of those things you just ignore it because you're just getting bad offers but if you know this is like a newer dynasty player they just honestly might not be familiar with dynasty value mm-hmm. um, how do you go about without being a dick how do you go about uh helping them uh just kind of see the light mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I think one of the only ways to do it, because if you've played for long enough, you kind of built your own values. You can't really tell somebody like, this is how much somebody, you know what I mean? Because at some level it is, it is, you know, opinionated. It's, Mm -hmm. it's subjective. Like it's, there's a lot of ways to view value. We've talked, we talked about this last week, obviously, a lot of ways to, to kind of build your values. But I think the best, so, so in that way, you can't just tell you know, your, your friend or league made your sentence over like a terrible offer. Like, yo, like there's, this isn't even close. Like this guy is ranked this way. This guy's ranked this way. Like who, who is making, you know, who's ranking these decisions, who's ranking. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the best way is to go to a calculator, right? Because if you play long enough, you probably have access to one. You could probably find a free one and just, you know, create the trade in there and send them, send it over and be like, Hey, this is what I use sometimes, you know, put, put your, put yourself kind of in it. So it's not just them just be like, Hey, like this really helped me out when I first started. And, and even if it's not somebody who first started, this really helps me gauge kind of values before I send offers. Like this is what I use, like check out what it says about this offer that, that you just sent me. It says it's really lopsided now, obviously. And you can explain, obviously this isn't the end all be all, but this is something that a lot, you know, a lot of people use. It builds off average draft position. It builds off rankings it's a it's a market value tool you can go to keep trade cut do the same thing and explain that but i think at one one way or another you have to somehow bang into their heads that there is a there is at least a, a market value that they can work from whether they they're higher or lower on it they need to not be so high or so low yeah you know from that that <clears throat> middle kind of bar that is the the market value that's kind of how i view it right? I, I go and look at that market value as kind of the average value out there and then i obviously know that whoever my my opponent is and i'm sending an offer to they might be higher or lower on this player but i'm going to try to stay somewhere within that range but make you know make it in my favor based on my values of that player and i think that's how you have to do it too often the trade offers you're getting aren't taking into account the market value whatsoever and they're just going wild in their direction of of what they think of the the players and, and what they want on their team yeah, I mean, I remember when I first started playing and I didn't use a calculator for quite a while. But once I did, I think it really helped me to understand, okay, this is... Because you don't really know. You don't understand, like, there's a huge the huge value in age and just all sorts of things. Going from redraft to uh, dynasty is kind of a big deal when it comes to player evaluations, player value. And we talk about all the time, like, redraft, you know, you're trying to score points, but the dynasty community is still going to hold similar production uh a player who's a little bit younger or maybe even just on a better team a little bit higher value and i think that newer dynasty players don't see that um so having the calculator could really kind of help you train uh to trade better so i I agree with you i think it really is kind of the only the only way just to say hey this is the community you know tens of thousands of people uh drafting and trading and this is kind of where these players end up value-wise and just show it to them and let them know, hey, it's got to be kind of close. Otherwise, it's you know going to get rejected right away. So yeah, and I, neither one of us are saying that the calculators are, are are something you should be a slave to or something that you should use every time or whatever. No. It's not that. It's it's a tool, especially for for newer players to to get their bearings, gain their bearings on kind of what the market is for different assets, right? I think there is one other way to kind of gauge dynasty value and especially when it comes to picks uh because those are the hardest ones sometimes right like when oh yeah people when, when people first start playing the question is always like how do you value future picks i think one of the best ways to do it if you have your own rankings right or if you have uh, somebody's rankings who you really trust right because if, if you're doing this i'm sure you know you have somebody's rankings who you like if you have that and if they already don't have you know, the, the rookie picks in there, just go ahead through the, through the list of rankings and ask yourself where, where would I value, like, where would I value a first round pick compared to a player? 
right? I think it's a really good way to kind of gauge like how you would value a first round pick, right? Because you go down there and you say, obviously you have to have some idea of, of, you know, future, you know, the future rookie class. So, you know, kind of what you're buying into a little bit, but if you just look back to even, you know, the last rookie class, you can kind of think to yourself, like, where would I have picked these players within the range of the veterans, you know? And I think it's a good way at least to kind of look at what a pick would be you know, what a first round pick would be to you. Yeah. Or you could look at, you know, startup ADP this time of year and look at, you know, like the first six or seven drafted rookie players this year based on ADP and rookie drafts and see where they're going in startup ADP. And then you could kind of see, okay, this guy was drafted yes. 103 in the rookie draft. Where's he at in startup ADP right now? And look at the guys kind of within, you know, 10 picks or so of, of him. And you're like, okay, well then, uh, you know, Traylon Burks is probably worth, you know, uh, or, early to mid first, you know, so stuff like that. You absolutely nailed it. That's, that's the better way to do it is definitely look at that. Look at the past rookie class where they're at in startup ADP. And right there you can gauge, you're like, Oh, this is kind of what a first round pick value is in year two. Yep. So you can already kind of project forward. Like, okay. So if, if the really good ones jump up here, this is where I'd value a high first round pick in this area of the current dynasty landscape. So if you just want to go off like what your values are, like, obviously you can go to rankings and some of them do have the picks in there. You can go to keep trade cut has the picks in there. You just kind of need to see where your values fall in terms of, you know, where in terms of the players, but you just can't go so far off of what the market value is all the time. Like there are times where, you know, it makes sense to do it, but man, you keep getting those offers and you know that your league mates are just like, I forgot what the one that they sent to the discord was, but it was like, you know, Brees Hall and Jalen Waddle for, Leonard Fournette and like a second. And so you know, you're like, what, like, this isn't even like, it, it, if you're not trolling, like we <laughs> really need to have a conversation. Like just that you need to be sent over to a trade calculator and start using that before you send me offers. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think that's just the, that's the kind of the only way, you know, and then you're going to, you're going to lose a lot of trades and you have to, a lot of bumps along the way to learn this dynasty thing. It's easy. Everyone will be winning. So. Exactly. Tell them to hop in the, the Dynasty Underdog Discord or, or listen to us. And, uh, oh, yeah. That's, an, e- that's an easy way. That's, that like, that's, that's rule number one, right? Like, that's the easiest way. We'll help you. <laughs> help us help you. Yeah. That should be like our slogan. Rookie ADP, risers and fallers. This is fun. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. So I was going to talk like rankings and stuff, but I thought it was a little bit better to tar- talk ADP and just mm-hmm. kind of see where some of the rookies have, have gone since just – Really, I mean, I think where where was I looking back to April? Since about April is where I was looking. Okay. Um, just kind of, I had a, I was looking at a chart, and it was showing over the the months, and I was able to kind of just see some of of the guys who climbed and fell. And I just want to talk through a couple of them. There wasn't a ton of them. They've stayed actually pretty steady this year, but there was a few that I think are worth talking about, especially the last couple. But first one to start with Zach Charbonnet. I thought it was just kind of interesting that since he got drafted to the Seahawks. And we've been, you know, had like a, a month or two to digest it. His ADP has risen over that time on average, like two or three spots. So he was originally going back in like April, May and, uh, you know, mocks or just kind of whatever was going on back then. He was going in more of like the 204 area. Mm-hmm. Now he's more in the 110 area. So I'm just, I thought it was just worth talking about because I don't know, I don't know if we've talked about the backfield that much, but just we're talking about kind of why people aren't scared away of him being with Ken Walker and kind of are warming up to him. And if we even think that's right, you know, I'm a huge Charbonnet guy, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. This is where he should have been drafted. You know, I, I got to share with <laughs> him, you know, early second, you know, about a week after the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they, they drafted the guy pretty high. Uh, they're known to not really care when it comes to running backs there. We've seen it with Rashad Penny. Um, who am I thinking of? The guy who had the head thing, neck thing, and he's been out. He oh, Chris Carson. Hard. Chris yeah. Carson, thank you. And Chris Carson, I think, was drafted the same year, or the year before, whatever, mm-hmm. and it didn't really matter. Rashad Penny was drafted, you know, very highly. They still yeah. went with Chris Carson because Pete Carroll does not care. He wants the best player out there, and there's a reason that Charbonnet's out there. I think, honestly, I believe Charbonnet's a better player than Kenneth Walker. I have said this before, and I'll stick to it. I had two shares of Kenneth Walker last year, and I got rid of both of them within a week. Because I just don't really believe in him. So I think Charbonnet is going to get a lot more work than uh, a lot of people think. And I think there are more people who 
or starting to think that way, and that's why he's moving up a little bit. It's a hot take. I dig it. It's kind of I a like hot that. Take, but... yeah, yeah, it's warm take at least, right? It's, it's, it's my reality. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a it's definitely a fair take to think that he could be the better back. I mean, he's definitely a more well-rounded back. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker may be more more explosive, definitely. Um, he, he was explosive last year, definitely very dynamic, but he wasn't super efficient uh, on, a, on a per touch basis. So they're looking for something there. And I think that we've seen multiple backs, especially very talented backs can, can succeed in the same backfield. So I'm, I'm kind of with you that, that we shouldn't be really worried. And, and I think that it, it makes sense to kind of warm up to him just because they chose him after having Walker, like you said, you know what I yeah, mean? Like immediately he, the very next year he also has more of the pass catching background coming out of college. So he's going to get those touches as well. He's probably going to get some, some goal line carries. He's a thick boy. He's not a small guy. So yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for him. And, and I, I kind of agree with you and I'm surprised the market is viewing it similarly. So that, that is what it seems is happening. And I guess, I guess we kind of agree with the market. All right. All right. So Michael Mayer, 2.05 July ADP lowest since the inception of, of this ADP I was looking at, which I thought was very interesting, but not surprising, I guess, because I don't <clears throat> think people are in love with the Vegas landing spot. But that's it. I kind I kind of am. I kind of oh. am. I you know I think if I think if Jimmy G is healthy, which I think is more likely than not that he's going to at least start the year. I don't know if his foot holds up, but I think he's going to he's going to play if he's healthy and we have. You know, a McDaniel's offense. I, they have Austin Hooper there, but I really like Mayer a lot. So, you know, I'm not saying year one he's going to be super special, but I, I like him to get utilized as kind of an all around tight end, which could kick off his career. So, you know, him being valued low is kind of looks like an opportunity to me, like it always has been. I actually did get him in the in the mid second in a rookie draft a, a month or so ago. So, this is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, I, I'm not super scared of the landing spot or anything. They take time to develop. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I thought of that stuck out to me was that this was his lowest ADP because if memory serves me correctly, this seems like kind of where he was going anyway. He was around 201 and he okay. dropped to like 205. Okay. So okay. they, so even, and, that, and that's from like June to July, he dropped. So I, what, whether it's, whether it's people are just like in love with the other rookie tight ends and they're just kind of fading him completely. Uh, they're, they're lower on him even now over the last month, which is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So between him and like Sam Laporta, how do you feel? Uh, I think Laporta has got a better shot at a higher target share year one. I, I agree with that. Mm. I, I think, think I take term, Laporta. Over Meyer. I, I mean, I think, I, yeah, I guess I'm just very high on Meyer. So yeah. I'm I'm just disappointed in the market. <laughs> <laughs> You're not mad. You're just disappointed. That's all. I'm just disappointed. All. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Cedric, Cedric Tillman. Not down a bunch, but down three spots on average since May to the 209. And I'm just wondering why he's declining in ADP. He's, he's a guy who I feel like has a lot of opportunity in front of him. He, he only has to beat out really a Donovan Peoples-Jones and Elijah Moore, who haven't been incredible over their careers. Like Elijah Moore obviously had one really good year, but then it kind of fell off while others around him succeeded. So we don't know that he's going to translate over to the Browns, but just wondering why why we think Cedric Tillman is, is diving down. It's probably because that, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones pretty – underrated he's been producing for quite a while now he's a you know he's a fixture in that offense you have amari cooper there elijah moore's a higher drafted better player so for someone to get in the action it's not going to happen this year so he's going to be one of those guys you have to wait like he's not going to beat out donovan people's jones he's not going to beat out elijah moore i just don't i just can't see that a rookie a mediocre rookie uh doing that and i think you know maybe that's what other people are thinking too yeah, that's fair. He's still going behind Jalen Hyatt, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, uh, near Zach Evans and Israel Banacanda. I'd rather have him over most of those players, to be to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's a it's pretty 
it's pretty shady when you get to the third round, I guess, is part of the problem too. It is. Yeah, that's that's part of the issue. Okay, let's let's dive even deeper. Let's dive even deeper. Okay, Puka like Nakua. Puka Nakua. Yeah, we're we're actually talking about things that matter now. Puka <laughs> Nakua in uh where Los Los Angeles, right? He's with the Rams. Mm-hmm. So Puka Nakua out of BYU. I, I like him a lot. Big body wide receiver. Nobody else except for like Van Jefferson in front of him, who we like enough, right? And I guess two two outwells there for sure. But Nakua is getting a lot of buzz in camp. He went from four hundred three to four ten. Yes, he's declined. Oh, I kind of read that wrong. Like he should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty... gonna look. I'll, I'll check right now again because I have it right in front of me. But pretty good buzz about him. Uh, connection with Stafford there. All reports have been that he. Oh, sorry. Could... The other way. Sorry, he's gone up. Maybe uh, I, 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 yeah, you're right. He's gone up to 403. I was going to be yeah. disappointed too. Because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is a guy, yeah, I mean, you're getting him one of your last picks in the rookie drafts, you know, the early rookie drafts. And I wrote it like that too. I don't know why I was confusing both of us. Like, what am I doing? That's okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> we got it handled. But yeah, no, for him to rise from the late fourth to the early fourth just makes absolutely good sense. The draft capital and all that stuff, uh, there's a reason why he's going in the fourth and not the second. But there really isn't another player on that team that's like him. Like he would definitely have. He's not Cooper Cup. He's not Tutu Atwell. He's not Van Jefferson. He's different. Like he he could definitely have another role there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It, obviously, you know, uh, it's Cooper Cup show. Van Jefferson has been spotty, but I think Pukunokua. Like I think he'll be out there day one. You know, three wide receiver sets. Like he'll be there. So yeah, I'm not surprised that he's moved up. Yeah, and I love that take, the part where you said that he's he's going to play – he doesn't play the same role as Van Jefferson. Like, he has the ability to be more versatile than these guys. Yep. So it's not like he's competing directly with them for every snap. Like, no. he's going – there's potential he works out <clears> of <throat> the slot and plays kind of like a, a fair you know, big slot. He's not huge. He's like six foot, six – you know, I think he's like six one, six two, But, you know, he, he could play those different positions, I think, and – and also, I, I think part of it is I know kind of what I'm getting out of Van Jefferson for the most part. Yeah. For the most part, I think he's more of a field stretcher. And Tutu Atwell is definitely that. So if Puka Nukua can be more versatile, he's going to find more playing time. Yeah, and that's that's the big part of it. So I've been snatching him up everywhere. All right. Last one here. Michael Wilson. Receiver Arizona. Stanford. Arizona? Uh, no, well, he came out of Stanford, yeah. I think, and he's uh, he's placed for the Arizona Cardinals. He got picked up by the Cardinals, and there is nobody really there. We just talked about DeAndre Hopkins, right? He's no longer in Arizona. There is Marquise Brown, who is great, and Marquise Brown is not necessarily your traditional number one. Michael Wilson kind of fits more of that prototypical style, so mm-hmm. again, kind of plays a different role than the Rondale Moores or anybody else, so he's, he's he could definitely find himself a role on this team and he's steady at 311. So I was kind of interested that he hasn't risen up much. And that's kind of what, what stuck out to me is that he he's kind of just a staple of that, that back end draft, uh, the back end of the draft. And what it reminds me of, to be honest with you. And I wasn't even super in on this guy, but I remember I got a share of him super late and it was Terry McLaurin. It just not that, I mean, I remember Terry McLaurin because he was, I think he came out of Ohio state maybe, or he came out of a really good college wherever it was. And I was like, why is he not getting any buzz? But it just reminds me of the same because they both sat in the back end of the draft, like three, four turn, and nobody was was selecting them. And it never turned, no matter what happened. I mean, Terry McLaurin got got the draft capital. Like he, you know, Michael Wilson got some draft capital, like, and still nobody wants to pay attention. So I think, you know, we're talking about Cedric Tillman. I'm talking about Cedric Tillman kind of being down. You know, why why is he why is Michael Wilson not way up above? Cedric Tillman and, and the bunch, you know, I think that's kind of what we should be asking ourselves. I think kind of the same thing for Michael Wilson as Puka Nakua is a lot of it has to do with name familiarity. Michael Wilson is not a name that most analysts are really talking about at all leading up to the rookie draft and they got drafted by yeah. the NFL and you're like, Oh, who's this guy? And uh, so I think there's a lot of that still. I think there's still a lot of uncertainty with the Arizona offense you're not really sure what's going to happen. Is Kyler Murray going to come back and play this year? Um, is Clayton Toon going to steal that job? <laughs> <laughs> Your face. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, th- I just think there's a lot of uncertainty with the team. And then also just uh, un- 
not a lot of knowledge about Michael Wilson as a player. So you kind of combine those together and that's what kind of happens. He just kind of sits there. Yeah, that's, those are all good points. I, I think that there's opportunity to go ahead and buy some Michael Wilson, to be honest with you, because even though DeAndre Hopkins news, you know, it, it solidifies that he's not there. It doesn't change anything. And it probably doesn't change anything in a lot of people's minds. They might not even connect the two things at this point. And it's just he, his value is not changing from such a low spot. I, f- I just feel like there's opportunity there if you can get him at current value, nearly a fourth round pick. Uh, if you can send, you know, a 2024 third and get him, yeah. right? Like, why not? You know, you're pushing that into the future. You're getting a guy who has some opportunity. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the way I'd be thinking about it and approaching it. I like it. Trades and non-trades. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, this first one's mine. Okay, so someone approached me about Geno Smith in a second for CMC, and I was like, I just, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. And then they were like, how about for Eckler? And I was like, that's, it's kind of the same, like it's very similar. And so I was like, let me throw throw in Noah Fant. Like I'll I'll do it with that. Get Geno and, and Noah Fant together. And uh, and yeah, so I didn't get it done. I don't I don't I don't know if it's gonna get done. But what do you think about that? Ah, oh, man. Um. <laughs> yeah, it depends. If you have strong enough running backs that you could get rid of Eckler, I like getting the future second. And if you need quarterback help, Gino's there for at least another year. No offense. I think it's very fair. I think it's a very fair trade. I think if I had extra running backs, I would get out of Eckler for that. And I'd be happy with it. And if I needed a running back, I think I'd give up Gino a second and Fant to get him. Depending on my tight end situation, I might not want to give up Fant because me personally, I'm still a pretty big Fant uh, believer but i think it's a pretty fair trade you're a pretty big fan i'm a pretty big fan i'm a, a fan <laughs> of fans. uh uh yeah i mean would you would you trade eckler for gino in the second straight up um i don't i don't know i don't something missing right there's just something yeah missing. If, if i needed a quarterback you know what i mean if, say i had like two two starters one was kind of like iffy then I might do it because I think Gino plays the whole year. I don't think there's any chance that he's getting benched. Like they're they're gonna see what they have with him. So if I did need a quarterback, I think I might do that and get the second on top of it's pretty nice. Eckler, you're gonna want to get a, get get out on him this year probably anyway. So um, that's just kind of how I see it. Awesome. All right, cool. Next one here. I got received this offer. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Kendra Miller, Charlie Kohler, twenty five second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote that wrong. Twenty five second. For 25 first. So Kendra Miller, Charlie Kohler, and 25 second for 25 first. How do you feel about that? Mm, and Kendra Miller going in like the late first, early second. And some of the rookie drafts is here. I think if you get on Kendra Miller, if you're not really a believer, uh, Kohler is kind of whatever. I don't know. I, I, for me, I think I'm going to keep my second Kohler and Kendra Miller and see what happens. I'm not really interested in a 25 first right now. Oof. That's interesting. Yeah, the, I yeah. got this offer and I have the first, uh, and I declined it. I really would just rather have the first. Okay. Because I don't really like Kendra Miller, but that's a big there part of it, I guess. That that is a big part of it. That's kind of what matters, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you, trade the I players guess, you want. <laughs> yeah. If you if you think of Kendra Miller, I guess as a first round pick this year, then yeah, this is a smash, right? Because mm-hmm. then you're getting like a first back in your mind and value plus a second. So it makes sense but to me. It doesn't. So I, yeah, I guess it was a good one to bring up. I thought you were just going to be like <laughs> 25 first easy, but yeah, no, clearly, I, clearly there's a lot. Well, it's a lot closer than I thought. These I, were both DU trades. I had like a hard time to like caring about r- rookie picks two years out. But I mean, I think it's essentially, we had the Kendra Miller discussion and it's essentially what uh, Kendra Miller is a second. You have color. So you have what? Two seconds in color for first. Meh. I don't know. Yeah, first for me. How do you feel about Jonathan Mingo for Isaiah Pacheco? Mm, Isaiah Pacheco, he might be a little banged up right now, but he's not on pup. But I think he's going to smash. I'm going to take Pacheco because I'm not a huge Mingo believer. Same here. Yeah, I received this offer. If the other team had anything else I cared about, I might try to put together a package of Mingo plus something and and move on from Pacheco because I just – I. The fate Pacheco's of fine. Pacheco, yeah, but we all know like when he was drafted, we know the history behind these guys, and sometimes they last, sometimes they don't. 
if he gets injured, Daenerys Prince all of a sudden could be something this year. So I'm not putting my eggs in the in the Pacheco basket really and ride and trying to ride with it, you know. No, but I I, I think I think you could get more for Pacheco than than Domingo. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely didn't. Yeah, I didn't do that. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about this last one. Was this you? This last one's me. Yeah. So I think I I think we have the same trade partner here who's trying to off Geno mm. Smith in a second. So <laughs> he, he's like, hey, uh, that's why he told me he wants to wait. Mm. Yeah. He's like, hey, so does Geno in a second? Does that do anything for a running back? And I was like, I'm thinking about it. I was like, man, looking at my roster. That's just what I told you. I'm like, do, do I need a, do I need a quarterback? If I need a quarterback, then maybe because I have a lot of running backs. Do I need a quarterback? If I do, then like maybe I can work something out here. But I have Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, and Matt Stafford, and Carson Wentz to be placed. I think I'm pretty set at quarterback. I don't really need a Geno, but I want his 24 second. Like I, I won't trying to get those. So I was just going to ask you. <laughs> Out of all these running backs, this is awkward because we're trading with the <laughs> No, same no, guys. no. I like this. I'm going to be yeah. honest. I always am. Right. I like this. So out of these running backs, are there any ones that you think Gino in a second makes sense? I have Nick Chubb, Dobbins. Can't trade that. No, uh, let's see. What other ones would make sense? Gus Edwards, David Montgomery, Pacheco, or DeAndre Swift? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to move. Like, you can't. The Chubb for that obviously doesn't make sense. No, no, no. Who is the second one that you had there? Dobbins. Uh, Jake J.K. Dobbins. That doesn't make any sense I, like, to me either. I don't I don't want to do it, and I don't think he would do it, to be honest with you. But I wouldn't want to get rid of him like J.K. Dobbins, but I don't know if he would do it anyway. Personally, I'm a lot like I think J.K. Dobbins, I who who'd I have this conversation with? I think he's a lot higher than his his current ADP and his current value is one way or another. Um so I think maybe packaging like Pacheco and Montgomery may be like your your best way to do it if you don't want to give up one of those top guys. But if you don't like Dobbins as much as I do, then that's potential there probably. Yeah. I just, I don't see any room for Gino on my roster. So that's kind of the hard. Yeah. Thing it's also I, for you specifically. And you, I mean, you may think of this differently, but it's, it is the idea of like, when are you going to play him? Do you want to stream your quarterbacks like that? You know what I mean? Are, are you into streaming your quarterback too? Because in that case, then you have three viable options to do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't personally think that like, I don't think we're great at picking out those, the places that they're going to do well. So it's like, no, you know, I, don't know. I have three, you know, decent quarterbacks, you know, Pickett's probably the least of them, but I, I just, I don't see any room for Gino. I still want a second. I might still try to work something out, but I also I think know. people are lower on Kenny Pickett too. I think Kenny Pickett could have a a much better career than they're giving him credit for. He he looked fine to me last year. I'm not saying he's gonna, you know, blow the doors off or anything like that, but he's I think he's gonna be just fine. So yeah, he had yeah. a decent rookie I, year and he's in a really yeah. good team. So exactly. Um, the last thing I wanted to say about this was you're like, you're so concerned about, you know, if I had two quarterbacks and I needed to solidify that, that third or that second spot, like I, the, the league that this is in, I have Dak Prescott and Jimmy G No, and I'm not, and I'm not that concerned. I'm just like, you know what? It'll be fine. Like, I'm going to, this will be just fine. Like if you don't want to do this trade, like, so be it, man. Like I'll, I'll manage through it. But, uh, but yeah, no, I should probably feel more like urgency to do it. But I just, I think that, you know, with my team, the way it is in this league, it's, it's as strong a contender as you can get. And it is old, but like all the pieces are likely going to be really good this year. And if Gino is not what he was last year, it would be, it would look really bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he just falls on his face, it would look terrible. Like you give up Eckler for a nothing quarterback in a second. So there's a lot of risk there. I think more than, I mean, we're, we're talking about it more than Ben, our trade partner is, is giving credit for, I think, at least for me um, in terms of Eckler, I, I don't think Eckler is getting as much credit um, or I'm sorry, not Eckler. I don't think Gino is being looked at as risky of an asset as he, potentially can be yeah on the flip side Eckler the age totally both yeah. of them both of them are, are, are high risk at high risk assets for sure one of them I think is just has been a much more stable fantasy producer and producer in the NFL than the other oh yeah and and if you don't need the quarterback and you need the running back there's a uh, Jacob Sanderson has been talking a lot about comparative advantage it's uh, like an economic term 
but that's kind of what that just made me think of, you know, the fact that trading a quarterback away and not getting one back, like in intuitively, you're like, that doesn't make sense. But it's like, if your team has a lot of quarterbacks and you need a running back and you're not going to use the points from that quarterback, like it, it makes a lot of sense. Like that trade, you know what I mean? That it balances things out. And that's kind of in a very, very dumbed down way, kind of what comparative advantages I want to talk about that. I think a little bit more during this off season, because it's a great concept that I hadn't really discovered and i think probably our listeners don't know a bunch about but if you want more on that and where i got it from 100 jacob sanderson like yeah, genius he's, he's yeah, sharp. super sharp super sharp but um but yeah so interesting trades those are super interesting ones man i don't i don't know what to do like i don't know how to make it right uh and and now ben is playing hardball with me because you know he he's, had another trade tough. partner he's, yeah. he's really tough and so am i so am i dude he like obviously that's a that's a fair enough trade for Eckler for Gino and a second is certainly a fair enough trade. It is, but I feel like I need insurance on top of it. You know what I mean? And he might feel that I'm being a dick because yeah. of it. So that's okay. I, you know, you know, I'm sorry. Cheeky of him to like, not sorry. Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to pit these two together. They're going to find out that I'm, <laughs> I've been reaching out to both of them. And just <laughs> watch Cheeky the bastard. <laughs> He's going to watch the chaos live stream. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Thanks, Ben. Uh, no, no, yeah. big, big shout out, Ben. He's a great, like great commissioner, great dynasty player. So much fun to have in the league. So big shout out and love, love these kind of uh, these trade conversations. They're, they, they're tough, man. Like, and those are the best ones, like where you're like battling for every inch on both sides, playing tug of war and seeing who's going to give, like, <laughs> am I going to throw in a little pick to get this done? Is, is he going to come back with the counter? Yeah, it's just how it goes. It's fun. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? No, nah, man. I've I've talked my head off today. Thanks for tolerating me. Pretty no, usual. You, you do good. I saw your face a couple of times. You're like, dude, shut the hell up. <laughs> no. Like, I'm ready to go to the next topic. <laughs> yeah. oh, I got a lot of my mind. Well, yeah. uh, thanks for giving us a listen. Uh, check us out on Twitter, Dynasty Underdog. You're at Uriah Dawkins at Willie Beam MTFF, and join our Discord. Listen to us on Spotify if you can. Covered it all, man. Professional. Let's go. <laughs> Peace out. Peace out, guys.